Welcome to the Herald Podcast, New Generation, a podcast created for those who desire a new way of gaining information rather than reading a traditional newspaper. In our show, we will discuss everything from sports, pop culture, politics, and local news. To stay up to date on our latest episodes, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast service, such as Spotify, Anchor, or Apple Podcasts, and you can also check us out on our website. And don't worry, we keep it short most of the time. Are you looking to be more informed about what's going on in your community? The Herald has a special digital subscription offer for new generation podcast listeners. You could sign up for a one month trial for 99 cents, then only $18.99 a month after that. With the digital subscription, you get web exclusive content, including pictures and videos, obituaries, and a searchable archive going back to 2013. You can read the Herald on the web, your mobile phone, and on our Herald app, so you can get all the Herald content and the print paper delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer. Again, that's just 99 cents for your first month. So you can go to www.sharonherald.com slash pod offer today for this special offer. Again, that's sharonherald.com slash pod offer. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the New Generation Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Tanner Mondock. And I'm your other host, Janae Avery. And today, joining us over Zoom, actually coming from Panama right now, calling from Panama, we have Katie Thompson and Parker Misko. So, how are you both doing? Doing well. Trying to stay cool. Right. Yeah, you're just talking about how hot it is over there. Well, meanwhile, over here in Sharon, it's a nice 65 and cloudy. So, different weather here. But, um, but yeah, we're going to get into your guys' story here because you've been kind of, you've been sailing the world for a while here. So Tria, plenty of yeah. exciting stories to tell. And uh, just before we take the ad break, um, if the audio seems a little bit different this week, had some issues with our mics here. So we're just going straight MacBook uh, mic, mics here, but uh, should be fine. But um, yeah, so let's just take a brief break for a word from our sponsors and then uh, we'll be right back with them. Ben Visit Chevrolet is Mercer County's truck headquarters. Quality new Chevrolets and outstanding pre-owned vehicles, plus an excellent service department to stand behind your vehicle purchase located on Route 19, just south of Mercer. Stop in or call Ben Visit Chevrolet today at 724-662-5440. At Sharon Regional Medical Center, they believe in the power of people to create great care. Their dedicated employees work hard every day to make Sharon Regional Medical Center a place of healing, caring, and connection for patients and families in the community we call home. For more information, go to SharonRegionalMedical.org. First National Bank provides a full range of commercial banking, consumer banking, and wealth management services, plus industry-leading online and mobile banking solutions. Call your local FNB or go online at fnb-online.com. At Chenango Valley Meat and Poultry, you will find an excellent selection of steaks, burgers, chicken wings, and everything that goes along with it. Voted Best of the Best in 2021 by Harold Readers. Stop in at 1215 East State Street in Sharon or call 724-346-6328 today. 
Located in Mercer County, UPMC Horizon offers a range of services and medical specialties at two campuses in Farrell and Greenville. Together with UPMC Jamison in Lawrence County, UPMC Horizon provides a regionalized approach to healthcare. If you need care, go to UPMC Horizon or UPMC.com. All right, so I guess just to get things started here, uh, we mentioned a little bit before the break that, um, but yeah, you've been sailing the world. So how exactly did you both, you know, get started doing that together? You want to start? Yeah. yeah. Start. <laughs> so, um, oh boy, 2014, I think was when my dad started telling me while we were, so we have a little heating and cooling business back at home in, in Hermitage, and we would always be riding around in the van doing service calls. And we would, you know, he was, he's always been my best friend. And so we were just driving around like normal. And he started telling me stories of how he crewed on a few sailboats. And I had never even heard the word sailboat. This was, I think it was about 2014. And he had crewed on some boats when he was my age up on Lake Erie. And I kind of sparked my interest in like, what is a sailboat? And then fast forward maybe half a year or so, and on the side of the road in Sharon on Water Water Street, we we find this old sailboat that didn't have any windows in it and was filled with rainwater. And I ended up buying that for about five hundred bucks, and learned how to basically fix fiberglass boats from that. And then after I was done with that, I briefly sailed a few times on a local lake called Lake Pima Tuning. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, I think it's in Jamestown. Yeah. And uh, quickly realized that I loved sailing and but I, I, I didn't want to just go in circles on a lake. Mm -hmm. And so I started researching well, like boats that can take you safely anywhere you want. And I started happening upon, or I happened upon some articles about uh, this specific company called Allied Boat Company. They built boats back in the 60s and 70s and very early 80s. And uh, they actually built the first fiberglass boat to circumnavigate the world. So they kind of became famous. Um, the, these boats, the company was in Catskill, New York. And so I ended up finding one of these boats in Cleveland on Lake Erie, Cleveland, Ohio, and bought it with all of my savings. I had I had just graduated college. I had $35,000 of student loan debt and $35,000 in savings. Mm -hmm. And the boat, the boat was $21,000. And so I decided to buy it with the hopes that I would pay the loans off, you know, some mm, other eventually. day. Yeah. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> and my dream became to sail around the world. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how it happened. That's and exciting. I so I bought that boat in 2016. Mm -hmm. And then I embarked on what would be uh, almost seven years, six and a half year six, refit, basically rebuilt the thing from the ground up. And then in the summers kind of you know, using the boat because it was a lot of work, very laborious and, you know, redesigning of a lot of things on the boat and figuring out how to build it better than it was even originally. And so I 
you know, you experience burnout from continual work. So there was, I tried to have a balance of work and play with it. But halfway through in 2019, I met Katie and our first date was, uh, well, I call it a date, but our, our first date was uh, her helping me mix up some fiberglass resin and uh, doing a, a project on the boat in the, what was it, the middle of winter or it's, springtime? It's like January, February, probably. Yeah. But like you said, in January 2019, I had just moved back to the area that December, so three weeks before we met. Uh, from southwestern Uganda. So I was finishing up my master's and working for a small nonprofit in um, the southwestern part of Uganda called Kabale. And um, was over there for about six months, came home with the idea that I was only going to be home for a few months and head back to East Africa or somewhere else in the world, somewhere else in the United States. And uh, we met each other at the Walnut Lodge in Sharon, Pennsylvania. Um, and that's how we met. And then he was like, oh, I have this sailboat. And we went up to check on it in a snowstorm. And I was just like, the the rest is history, right? I was like, this is a great idea. What do you, you know, when are we going to do this? Let's go travel. Um, so I joined in about halfway through the refit. And so I got to be a part of the building and also learning how to sail during the summer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Katie basically gave you that last little spark you needed to kind of finish. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't, um, pardon my French, but she literally lit a fire under my ass. <laughs> because, you know, it was, uh, I, th I think I would still be on Lake Erie yeah. working on the boat. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, you guys have a YouTube channel um, called Sailing Sea Wind, which is, of course, named after uh, the boat Sea Wind, yeah. which we found out by going through your YouTube channel that what Sea Wind is no more, right? that boat is yeah yeah so we just transitioned into a, a different boat that's why we're in panama right now um, we actually sold sea wind in florida after spending two years uh living actually it was three years living full-time on board mm -hmm. two winter seasons in the bahamas and and kind of like a, a home base of sorts with friends down in florida and then uh we weren't on the market for a boat. We were actually blissfully living debt-free on Sea Wind because, you know, I, I paid cash for the boat. And through that slow refit, I paid for like the equipment and all the materials for the upgrades as I went. So it wasn't like a lump sum that I needed. And so it was completely debt-free. And yes, we did both pay our student loans off before <laughs> we left. And so we, you know, no credit card debt, no debt in any way. And it was just... We're very like, cheap buy a boat no we <laughs> we always need some debt in our lives debt in our lives. no we we were in the bahamas this year yeah. and we always joke around that oh look at this dream boat you know on facebook or looking sailboat listings and we're always like lusting after other boats and seeing how cool it will be in five to ten years to own a bigger boat and kind of you know make that transition and one morning we were in a beautiful anchorage in the bahamas in samson key the exumas and he was on his phone opened up facebook and the first ad was for this boat named boundless um and it's a passport 42 um 19 what 84, 84. Mm -hmm. um and it was beautiful and so i was making coffee and parker's like let's watch this walkthrough video just for the heck of it right it looks like a cool boat and so we finished the six minute video and I, again again <laughs> i watched it and he i just looked at Parker and was like we have to make an offer like we have to this is just like it's screaming to for us to like 
move on to it so mm -hmm. right so yeah. now compared to your boat before like what are the differences compared to the new one so the the differences are mainly the size mm -hmm. um the the allied sea wind sea wind that we had was 32 feet long um and 10 and a half feet wide it's called the beam is the width of the boat uh this new boat is 42 feet long and almost 13 feet wide and i talk about the width the beam because for interior volume the 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 width of the boat uh means more than the length mm -hmm. and so the the interior volume and the the quality of life on a bigger boat is or on on a on this particular boat for us because mm -hmm. there's a there's a, a glove that fits the hand of everyone who's buying a boat out there but for us in particular this boat for the long term it, it's more sustainable for comfort mm -hmm. so that's really the the big difference is the size and the 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 comfort you know the the, the creature comforts mm -hmm. the systems are bigger and we have we, we can spread out more working on the computers whereas on sea wind we were we only had one little table that we would kind of flop back and forth from and we're both on our computers at all, yeah for at least eight to ten hours mm -hmm. for three of the five business days if not more I would say another key difference, though, is even though sea wind is, you know, we'll say an ocean going boat, a blue water, what are they like blue water ocean crossing worthy boat. Um, Boundless is a considered a blue water performance cruiser. So sea wind is like reliable, but slow, you know, and just like she will get you there safely, but like don't be in a hurry kind of thing, which that's with sailing in general. But uh, Boundless, the Passport 42, is designed to move faster and sail closer to the wind so we can, you know, perform in different wind conditions, which is always really great. Mm -hmm. Right. So on your YouTube account, uh, you know, it kind of chronicles a lot of your uh, your different journeys and travels and everything that you've, you've went on and all the different, you know, things you've seen and everything. So I guess just, you know, tell us a little bit about some of the places you went to and, you know, what have you seen out there? Can we go? Yeah, maybe just start on the, like, leaving Ashtabula. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we explored on Lake Erie a lot, which was really cool to go to, like, the opposite end of Lake Erie. And by opposite, I mean, like, the western end that we're not currently located right under. Um, but we were able to travel the Erie Barge Canal through upper, you know, New York State, which was beautiful. Um, we even went down the Hudson River and ended up in Manhattan in the New York City uh, Bay or Harbor which was wild. Um, Visited my sister there. She yeah, lives in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. We were in Brooklyn. Um, and then we continued on the East Coast and uh, found our way to Annapolis, Maryland on the Chesapeake Bay. And the Chesapeake Bay was another like, it was beautiful, stunning, stunning yeah. in the fall. And also some of the most intense sailing that we've done mm -hmm. to date, I would say. Um, the, the entire time we, from... From the time we left and started the Erie Canal, which is about 450 miles across from the eastern end of Lake Erie to um, where it dumps you out in um, the Hudson River up above Manhattan, and then all the way down the East Coast, we timed, we didn't try, but we timed fall time perfectly. So as we were heading south, fall, fall kept like happening again, though so we continually had the 
beautiful, like changing, beautiful of changings of seasons the entire mm -hmm. time until it became winter. winter. Yeah. And so then we continued down the intercoastal waterway, which is, you know, down the east coast of the United States, it's, you know, a protected waterway. Um, and then once we got down into South Carolina, we were able to get a really solid weather window and jump out into the Atlantic and sail down to Jacksonville, Florida. And then we made our way down to Delray Beach and had Christmas in Florida. And then we got our boats ready, provisioned. And I say boats because our friends were with us, like buddy boating, also from the Lake Erie area. Um, but we provisioned and we made our first jump uh, across the Gulf Stream to the Bahamas uh, archipelago. Okay. And I can imagine like, navigating can be pretty intimidating because you're dealing with natural weather and different things like that so how do you guys go about navigating different situations and has there been a time where you've been in a storm and you kind of just wonder what to do um well i mean it's always so we live a life just like completely like directed by the weather right or dictated by the weather um which in a sense, like, you don't really experience that too much on land, right? Storms, you go inside, it's fine. For us, when it storms in an anchorage, we're, you know, super vigilant, making sure our boat doesn't drag. Um, we're constantly looking at, you know, the tides, the currents, the wind direction, the wind strength. Um, and so when you're out there, you know, you always try your best. We're, like, looking at the weather so much that when we make a decision to head out, and you know go for a sail make more miles um it's heavily informed and therefore we don't really run into horrible conditions right but yeah. it's a very like sometimes conditions pop up and so there's been times where we're out there and it's been stronger than forecasted or a squall pops up um and even though it's really scary and nerve-wracking especially if it's conditions we haven't seen before um you just like know that you know how to sail the boat and also the boat is a lot more resilient than you are mentally <laughs> and you have to just like trust in that and trust in your skills as well because that's that's huge and teamwork yeah yeah, yeah there's a saying that uh, i think it's as old as sailing is the boat can always handle more than you can you know the uh, i can't quote any direct um like news stories, but there have been plenty of times where they'll find a boat abandoned, you know, in a different country, still, still floating, you know, so they, they can weather much more than you can mentally and physically. Right. I think, I think some of the, some of the biggest hurdles that we had to overcome was actually leaving the Great Lakes and uh, experiencing uh, navigating the ocean, not necessarily even navigating the boat, particularly like steering it but on lake erie or on the great lakes there are no tides you don't have any tidal currents mm -hmm. um and so when when we hit the hudson river and then the manhattan bay we started for, or for the first time we had to take into account tidal currents and a sailboat um unlike uh like a power boat or a, a little speedboat that can travel it 30, 40 miles an hour, or even 20 miles an hour, uh, our boat or any sailboat really is usually under 10 miles an hour. Uh, anywhere from like four to seven is probably the average, depending on the size of the boat. And so, you know, there are a lot of places in the world where you can have currents that 
are three to five knots, or I'm sorry, miles an hour. Knots is a nautical term. I'll just use, use miles per hour for gotcha. uh, ease of understanding. Yeah, I can understand um, per hour. So that's. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, we we experienced actually the first time when we when we went to uh, when we went out of the o Atlantic Ocean for the we, first time. That was when we experienced yeah. wind against current coming out of a bay, yeah. and wind against current creates standing waves, right? And mm -hmm. so these waves, we were just burying the bow of the boat in the waves, and you're 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 not moving because you moving. you have this current coming against you, and we can only motor or sail at you know five knots in in sea wind especially, mm -hmm. and so you're you're literally at a standstill. So you're not making any progress. And that was that was what we really, it was a very steep learning curve was mm -hmm. was taking into account those those types of um, you know, phenomena. Right. And so, you know, when you're out there living on a boat, you know, there's probably just some like smaller aspects of life that maybe you didn't realize you'd have to face when because living on land, you know, you need groceries, you get in the car, you go down there need to do laundry, you know, whatever, you got it right there. So like, how are you like managing, you know, those little aspects of life while just being on a boat? Well, um, yeah, we have what's called a dinghy. Uh, that's like a little auxiliary boat that most cruising boats have. Uh, that's essentially our car. And okay. so if we are anchored in, you know, in a, in a bay or in an anchorage, you're usually, you know, at least a quarter mile or so from land. And so that is the vehicle that we use to get to land. And then from there, it is um, walking mm -hmm. and maybe renting a car if you're in a place that even, you know, offers that. Yeah. Or a, Uber is not something that is a thing, you know, anywhere I mean, outside the U.S. As far as like, you know, laundry or even like, getting water like when we're when we are in the bahamas in salt water and there's crystal clear water we we can make water we have a water maker on the boat um <laughs> which is really slow this boat we have now boundless has a much bigger water maker which is another positive mm -hmm. but when you're not in a place where you're not able to make water you have to keep in mind that you know obviously it's not unlimited even when you make water you're only making maybe five gallons a day on sea wind that's what we would do so you think if I'm using 10 gallons a day, but we're only making five, like that's not sustainable to keep going. Um, so you have to keep those things in mind as well. And it's always like laundry, it gives a whole new meaning to laundry day, right? You throw your laundry in the dinghy and you're like, that's the only thing you're doing right there because you have to haul it back and put it away versus like being in your house and just running down the stairs or running to the other room to throw it in. Um, so it's yep. just like thinking you have to like plan carefully and also surrender to the fact that multitasking usually isn't um, an option to you. Yeah, mostly um, any of those chores on land, each each one of them can take like a full day in itself. You know, right. if you um, like on our other boats on sea wind, we had just like five gallon jerry cans that you would take to and from shore in in the dinghy if you needed to or you know for fresh water or if there was a dock with a fresh water supply like a fuel dock most of the time has fresh water supply and so if you're taking on diesel fuel onto the boat then you can also top off your tanks but if it is a dinghy mission um and you're only ferrying you know five or ten gallons back at a time and you have a 60 gallon tank well that that takes a while 
Um, right. And also for the laundry, you know, you're lugging, a, you know, we have a, a big sail bag, which is just one of the storage bags for the one of the sails on the boat. And we fill that up with dirty laundry as we go. It's like our laundry hamper. And then, you know, laundry, depending on if it's, you know, a quarter mile from where you're going to leave the dinghy or a couple miles, it could be quite a quite a long day. So you mm -hmm. kind of just roll with it and yeah we've, yeah. Come, we've come to kind of enjoy it actually yeah, we enjoy it we i find that when we're on land or you know visiting family in a house like you start to do that multitask you start to do multiple things at once all the time again and it's all about efficiency and how much you can get done in the most shortest amount of time um and you i've at least i find myself like kind of in a whirlwind again where i'm just like oh actually the slower pace where sometimes it's annoying is like so much healthier <laughs> Right. for me mentally and physically yeah and I was actually going to ask you guys like what has this journey taught you about yourselves and then as a couple a whole <laughs> do you want to go first individually yeah. Uh, actually yeah I know exactly okay. what I'm going to say okay <laughs> um so uh living at home with the my family business and then we have some rental properties in Sharon as well I became really, really good at being productive every day. And like we've been talking about multitasking. And for me, the biggest thing, the, the biggest adjustment that I had to go through, and I'm still going through, and I think I always will be going through this, is like the art of learning how to not do anything. Hmm. And because when we left on Sea Wind, it was all of a sudden, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to work. I'm not doing something. I'm not like, I'm not like fielding these service calls here and also doing these projects on the boat. And then also working on the apartments with my dad, my time was so filled up and I got so good at it that like being at a standstill was very uncomfortable for me. And I think that has been the most growth or at least the, the path of growth the biggest, biggest path, like yeah, the, the biggest learning, yeah, the biggest learning, um, and personal growth that I've undergone. How to be with yourself? How how to like be with myself and not like and be okay with not being productive. Like, I I'm not much of a book reader. I love to read books, but I I don't read books because I I feel like it's not productive or something. And right. and here's a great example. Like a half an hour before this Zoom call, I decided to take our stove apart. <laughs> <laughs> because some, something's not working on it. And we're also like, this is a big like learning to get to know this new boat. And I'm like, uh, I, I can be slightly obsessive, very obsessive with, you know, feeling that I need to know every single thing about the thing that I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about this boat. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like a double-edged sword. It means like when something goes wrong, I will be able to know how to fix it. And that's like my superpower. Then the 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 duality of it though is that I still, you know, can't, hard, it's yeah. hard to sit still for it's me. Hard to sit still. But then when you're sailing, which I'm just gonna add yeah, to this too, and I'll go into mine. When you're sailing on the water and you have no phone connection and you are just like the only responsibility is to keep yourself alive, keep your partner alive, and keep the boat, you know, going and safe. Mm -hmm. That's all. That's all you have to do. 
That's all you can do. That's all you can do. You have to surrender to the fact that you cannot be productive. You cannot do anything else. And it's painful. And some days it's like, oh, I could sit out here by myself forever. And then some days it's like, get me off of this boat. Are we ever going to stop? Is this, you know, it just feels forever. So you really get to know your thoughts and sit with yourself. Yeah, Yeah. And so to bring it full circle, I think sailing you know, other more so than even just living on the boat and not being in the environment where I have, you know, service calls and things to fix and all that. You know, I obviously just, I could have moved away into an apartment or a house that wasn't in my town mm-hmm. and started a life and experienced that. But living on a sailboat in particular, it forces you to slow down, especially when you're actively traveling on it. And that is where the the magic happens. Mm-hmm. And where I've like really started to like learn about myself and learn how to like be, you know, present with myself and, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know. for me, so I'm very open about it on social media and I'm a huge advocate of mental health, um, like just awareness because I have uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD, and you would think that living a life so uncertain right so always kind of in this gray area where you know we our plans change all the time because we can't control the weather um and there's a lot of work I've had to do then and um sitting in the uncertainty kind of like him like sitting with himself I would then have to sit in uncertainty because it's just a part of this life Um, So I would say the biggest learning for me is like just being able to sit in uncertainty and navigate that and not necessarily, you know, fix anything, but just be with that. Um, Surrendering control. Yeah. And another one is just um, sailing has taught me like that. I'm like really like brave. Like I knew I was brave. I knew I was strong. I always was independent. Right. But when you're out there, in the elements and kind of surrounded by these grand things and you're navigating this boat you're on watch by yourself at night and you're in charge of the boat and the person below and there's this sense of confidence and um empowerment that comes with it so I would say definitely just learning like what I'm really capable of for sure right so as we uh approach the end of this episode here zoom is telling us we only got a couple minutes left here but um uh so yeah, I guess just to wrap things up, uh, what's next for you? Where are you heading next? I know you're in Panama right now, but do you have your uh, site set somewhere else? Oh, everyone always asks us that. Asks us that. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a plaque in the boat that our friends gave us that says we have no plan and we intend to stick to it. So we always have ideas, right? We have like ideas that. of what we need to do. Um, we're currently in, you know, on the Caribbean side of Panama and there's so much that we haven't seen in the Caribbean um, we're thinking maybe going over, you know, exploring Colombia, exploring Panama, going up to Guatemala, going over to the Lesser Antilles, which is like Grenada, St. Lucia, um, mm-hmm. that area. There's, and then maybe doing a, a circle and crossing the Atlantic, you know, because we have to go with the way the tra- trade winds go. We can't, sometimes you have to take the long way around. <laughs> we can't just go against the trade winds. Um, we'd like to cross an ocean, whether it's the Atlantic or the Pacific. Both at, sure. both at some both point. at some point, but we don't know which one's first. Yeah. Right. Um. So I would say that's at least that's what I'm I'm thinking. We're gonna do some exploring here in the in the fall. You know, once we're settled on the boat in the mm-hmm. Caribbean and see where the wind takes us. 
Yeah, on, on Sea Wind, you know, we were in the Bahamas for about half a year total. It was three months and then mm -hmm. three months for the, those two winters. And, excuse me, we um, we barely scratched the surface. You mm -hmm. know, there I think there's, uh, and this is going to be wrong, but there's, I think, more than 500 there, no, islands. It, it, it's like almost 700 or something like that, islands yeah. in the Bahamas. And, and then you have the Eastern Caribbean, which is kind of, we are situated kind of in the middle of all of that right now. Panama is like, is kind of in a hole down here, but we barely scratched the surface of everything to explore and, and see in the different cultures in the Caribbean. So we will be around here for a little while, continuing YouTube on, you know, in the new boat. And so uh, mm -hmm. that's kind of the plan. And then the three, the, the, I would say that the two to three or four year plan will definitely cross an, cross an ocean. Yeah. Maybe sooner. We never know. Like oh, I said, we or like she said, uh, yeah. we have no plan and intend to stick to it. Nice. So, so yeah, if you want to keep up with uh with what they're doing, yeah, definitely check out the YouTube channel. It's a uh, sailing sea wind, right? Yeah, and there 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 will be a a transition. Obviously, we don't own sea wind anymore, so there's going to be a name transition, but it'll be like a phasing out. So we'll keep the sea wind name in there for a little while. We're working out, like you know, what that's going to be. But for now, it's sailing. But for now, <laughs> it is sailing sea wind. Yes. Cool. And then, uh, you guys on social social media, like Instagram or whatever, like people can find you on there. Or... Yeah. Uh, it's uh, what is it? Just sailing. Sailing underscore sea wind. Sailing underscore sea wind. And then mine is uh, Katie May T. I think that's it. You'll see it if you go to sailing sea wind. You'll see that I'm tagged in some photos, and that's my account. And then there's a link tree on the Instagram to our Facebook and Facebook, like YouTube, YouTube, Patreon, yeah. stuff like that. Cool. All yeah. right. Well, I want to thank you both for coming on the show this week. Um, and of course, thank you all for listening too. I think that'll do it this week on the New Generation Podcast. Uh, we are here every Saturday. You can find us at SharonHerald.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and you know all the other ones too. Um, and then there's the New Generation Sports Reports. Um, bit of a hiatus right now just with the high school sports season ending but um we do myself and dan we have some things planned just to keep us you know keep that podcast active throughout the summer so uh stay tuned for some new episodes on that one but um but yeah thank you again for joining us this week it was a pleasure thank you yeah all one. right and uh thank you all for listening